Welcome to Friend and Foe. Friend and Foe exists to give voice to the real conflict and distress people are feeling about the ways that the current political divide in the U.S. is affecting personal relationships. The following is an interview with Jessica, a Portland resident with family in Florida. Jessica identifies as biracial and talks about the complicated relationship she has with her family. This includes her white, liberal-leaning mother, who has conservative siblings, and her black father, a staunch Republican. In our conversation, Jessica speaks of the importance of having compassion for others. She points out that we're all on a journey and that we should be optimistic that others can learn and change. Jessica and I began our conversation with me explaining a bit about the project and relaying some of my experiences talking to conservative folks. I expressed that these talks were rather pleasant and that by entering the conversation from a place of curiosity, instead of a desire to refute their beliefs, it was easy to find common ground and more importantly, to see the humanity in the person I was talking to. This interview starts with Jessica's response to that conversation. We have to see the humanity in, in everybody as much as possible. And we have to be able to, to be unified on some core values. We'll never agree on all of the details, ever. We're all human beings and we all have a right to, you know, have different values and different belief systems and feel passionate about all these different things. It's part of what makes America beautiful. However, comma, we have to draw the line somewhere. We have to draw the line with, at bare minimum to me, basic human decency, truth, and equitable justice for all. We have to actually have values that we all agree on and all uphold and hold ourselves accountable to. I think um, we have to drop this complacent act that we've been clinging to. Like if we just ignore it, it'll go away. No, if we ignore it, it festers. So we have to address it. We have to keep talking. And um, uh, I have a large swath of my family that are uh, supporters of our current president. They're mostly all in Florida. And uh, they were repeating the lies. In So in your family, it sounds like the your family members who are Trump supporters were, were in fact, um, you know, part of the Stop the Steal voice. Do you, do you now, and like with what happened yesterday, do you um, equate your family members with the folks storming the Capitol or do you see, you know, a difference? Not just because they're your family, but because there are degrees, obviously, of Trumpism, right? I feel like maybe yeah. one that we have to be careful of is not painting everybody with the same brush. Um, I agree. Yeah, that's that's never good to stereotype any group ever. The, the people in the Capitol were complete extremists. However, the people in my family, I, I they're in Florida and I'm in Washington State. There's a big, big reason why I, will, I wanted to be as far away from them as possible. And it's not just their political beliefs and stances. Um, but they're they're completely of of that cloth. Um, they're even apparently, according to my mom in in their sibling chat when they were going off, they were somehow pointing at Democrats and liberals for being at fault for what happened yesterday. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's caused a real divide. And I I know even outside of politics, that the values that I have and hold near and dear are very different from 
you know, the large swath of my family that I cut off long ago. I'll see them. I'll be cordial when I visit, which is not very often. And I will not generally spend time with the people that I know. And I do not want to fight a political battle with people that they really just have no interest in, in listening is the bottom line. If, if, I'm happy to talk. My my dad's been a Republican for a very long time. He and I have talks. He is a black man in the South and he's a Republican. It disturbs me on a very deep level. And he and I have real significant hour, two hour long conversations about really WTF. <laughs> like how can you be in a black man's body in the South and not see it? My hypothesis is that, you know, I mean, he was born in 63. So, like, back in that day, really a survival mechanism was to act and hold the values of of white people, you know, and act as white as possible for survival. And I think he's kind of just held on to that a little too long. Did, did your conversations with your dad change in the era of Trump? Because one of the things I'm curious about is, you know, we I think this this factioning of uh, left uh, against right has been growing, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like I I thought by default everybody who supported George W. was a racist, a homophobe. You know what I mean? Like the litany mm-hmm. of all the phobias. But but of course with Trump, it's hard not to think you support this guy, then you must. You know, you must agree with everything. Sounds like your dad was yeah. a long time Republican. Yeah, but it in has the era of, in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember the last time I. I got to visit him in Florida, I think it was, was before, before the election, and he was running. And my dad, we were, we were all crammed in a car. It was him in the front seat, my, my, bro- my brother in the, in the other passenger seat, and then I was in the back, like sandwiched between my aunt and uncle. And my dad started, I don't, I don't know why he started talking about how... How he was so happy to hear somebody talking about the real issues and not afraid to use not PC language. And I just, I had my hands like holding up the roof of the car, like shaking so I wouldn't scream. And he just kept going on until I just exploded. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me (laughs) to ignore all of that and then just take this sliver of a good soundbite that he happened to say. And be like, that's that's worth voting for? Disgusted me. And so it's turned from him, you know, accepting that we we agree to disagree and walk away. Because he he I think I learned how to debate in a respectful way and a, as logical as possible in a way that you really listen to somebody. I learned that from him. So our conversations have have grown longer and longer <laughs> on this topic over the last four years. I mean, the last time we chatted, it was like two and a half hours. Um, I think he understands more and more why I've been so upset about what's been going on. Of course, I don't, I don't know his, you know, true heart and everything. That's, that's not for anybody else to know, but that person. But I know that he's, he's not a racist. I know he's not a bigot. I know he's not a misogynist. I know... I mean, he might have some issues with toxic masculinity, but pretty much everyone from that era does. And that's a process. It's, it's a No one goes from point A to point, you know, Z <laughs> without passing through the rest of the alphabet. You have to, like, learn and, and 
be cognizant that everyone's on a journey and respect that journey. But when people are not willing to talk and listen and like listen in a genuine, authentic way, it's just this, this anger trap where you just spin out. People just want to be right. And there's only two, two outcomes of a, of most discussions that I, that people have. And it's like, uh, I'm going to win or I'm going to lose. And that's not the point of a conversation like that. The point of the conversation is to learn and to try to understand how the heck that person came to this conclusion. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. so we, we have very thoughtful questions for each other at this point. He's very religious. He's very rooted in his faith and it's a beautiful faith that he has. I mean, I don't fully share his, his same faith, but I respect and love that his faith is so strong in him. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, and, and, and again, the, the, the conversations that I had with the Trump supporters were, were, were really kind of illuminating. They, they mm. made me think about some uh, behaviors that I had been guilty of. And of course, one of them is painting everybody with the same brush and dismissing. And, and, and clearly that's wrong, right? That's, that's wrong to yeah. encounter somebody and just make all these assumptions about who they are and, and, and everything. Mm-hmm. And so I think yeah. to your point before, you were kind of saying there has to be some compassion. Everybody's on a journey. We don't have to mm-hmm. completely shut everybody down right away. But I do feel like that's, that's where we've been. That's, what, that's how those folks feel, right? Like they can't say anything yeah. right. Um, mm-hmm. and they're just getting shut down. Um, and so one of the, one of my conclusions is, and then talking to people on the left and, you know, they're basically copying to this behavior without knowing that I have this other side of the story or whatever, is that, that maybe we on the left have to be a little kinder. That becomes really hard as I talk to a person of color who, why should you mm-hmm. be kinder to, to dumbass white people, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it gets it, old really quick when it's not a two-way street. That's mm-hmm. the problem yeah. that I'm I've been feeling a lot is, and the thing is, is that I am I'm mixed race. My my mother's side of the family Polish, German, Italian, French, like little like kind of like Euro mix, and then my dad's family, I Cherokee, Blackfeet, and Black <laughs> African American. It's a mixed bag of where everyone sits on that spectrum of their journey. And if everybody is at a different place on their journey and has different barriers to overcome in their understanding of who they are, what is worth fighting for, where their integrity lies, and what values they're going to uphold with their words and their actions. Yeah, respecting that journey and being able to meet some person wherever they are at in a respectful way is critical if we're going to get past this. It's yeah. There is no other way past this. We have to we have to relearn how to talk to one another and and, and respect people just for being a human being. Doesn't matter if you're in a wheelchair. Doesn't matter if you're purple. Like you're a human being. I sincerely thank Jessica for taking the time to talk to me, and I thank you for taking the time to listen to our conversation. I hope you might find something that helps you think through the problems you may be having talking about politics with your own friends and family.